Amos 7, verses 10 through 17. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel must go into exile away from his land. And Amaziah said to Amos, O seer, go, flee away to the land of Judah, and eat bread there, and prophesy there, but never again prophesy at Bethel, for it's the king's sanctuary, and it is a temple of the kingdom. Then Amos answered and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, nor a prophet's son, but I was a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore figs. But the Lord took me from following the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. Now therefore hear the word of the Lord. You say, Do not prophesy against Israel, and do not preach against the house of Isaac. Therefore thus says the Lord, Your wife shall be a prostitute in the city, and your sons and daughters shall fall by the sword, and your land shall be divided up with a measuring line. You yourself shall die in an unclean land, and Israel shall surely go into exile away from its land. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jackson, don't mess with Amos. Don't mess with Amos. (laughs) Just came straight out with the, bro, your wife's going to be a prostitute. Um, That's a that's one way yeah. to to close a conversation now. Yes, <laughs> I don't think these guys are friends. Yeah, yeah, that's a dinner party you don't want to be invited to. <laughs> the the prophets of Israel and Judah conference is not one right, that yeah. you want to attend. Um, so we lots got, of live tweeting. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You think SBC live tweeting is spicy? <laughs> um, just wait. So here we are in. Amos seven, and I mean, man, if you thought it was getting spicy, like we're we're bumping up the Scovilles in these passages. So Amos, you know, the we have these like interesting moments in books of prophecy where it's mainly prophecy, maybe a little history mixed in, but then we get these like interpersonal moments where the prophet recounts like a specific moment of their ministry. We see it a lot in Jeremiah and Ezekiel. So Amaziah who is the priest of Bethel, which we have talked about. Uh, you know, it's uh, the house of God. That's what the literal name means. And uh, it dates back to Jacob. Um, and it's a very, very important place. But the problem with the kingdom of Israel is that as they have paganized themselves, they haven't completely abandoned the God of Israel, but they've equated him to all these other pagan gods who are, kind of territorial and geographical. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they're basically confining the God of Israel who made the heavens and earth to he's the God of Bethel and, uh, you know, these these other kind of regions. And so Amaziah is like the figurehead. He is the priest of Bethel. You know, he, he is like the guy who, you know, as Amos is talking about, He's saying that the Lord's going to like rip Bethel apart and destroy it and leave it in ashes. And so not great in the job security department for Amaziah. Uh, And so he comes to Amos and basically says, hey, if you want to prophesy, that's great. Do it in Judah where you're from. Never come back here ever again. Um, And then Amaziah comes back with the retort of a century um, or of 
all centuries <laughs> with the uh, a very very grim, sad, yeah. harsh, um, heavy handed prophecy about Amaziah's family. Yeah. And so Jackson, I would love to hear your thoughts, as would everyone else, on <laughs> the uh, the complicated friendship of Amos yes. and Amaziah. You know, this is one of those verses. Every once in a while, I, I'll talk to people about the sort of weight and sobriety I feel as an elder in this church. And, um, and, you know, I talk about the Bible saying that leaders are going to give an account for how they, yeah, how they lead. Totally. And, you know, elders are going to give an account for how they shepherd the flock that's been entrusted to totally. them. You know? And I think this is one of those verses or one of those uh, passages that reinforces why I think it's important for spiritual leadership to do everything in their power to operate in a way that's above reproach. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just, just, you know, you, you pointed out Bethel, the house of God, right? It's so striking. Verse 13, but never again prophesy at Bethel, the house of God for it is whose sanctuary, the king's sanctuary, right? It's a temple of, God? No, it's a temple of the kingdom. Uh-oh. Right. So there, there's something going on here. <laughs> yeah. There's something wrong. But but what I think we're seeing in this passage is the the priest of Bethel, Amaziah, the the shepherds of Israel have decided to um to um not heed the call that they that it that uh that has been placed on them to shepherd the flock of Israel. And instead they have tickled ears. Mm. They have taught in a manner that makes everybody think, Hey, all is good. Mm -hmm. Judgment's not coming. Don't worry about that. Just feed your bellies, uh, you know, increase your coffers, uh, enjoy life. Mm -hmm. Uh, This isn't God's temple. This is the King's temple. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's striking that these aren't even, um, you know, these are sort of the official uh, prophets of Israel, and yet they're not even the ones who God is prophesying through. He has to raise up a herdsman's son to mm. actually go and speak words of judgment to Israel because the prophets yeah. are not doing their job. Yeah. Um. You know, so this reminds me of, I think it's John 10, or you think John 10, where Jesus talks about being the good shepherd. And in so doing, he indicts the, sh- the, the shepherds of mm-hmm. Israel who didn't do their job. They didn't mm-hmm. warn the people to not sin. They didn't warn the kings to not do the things that they were doing that brought about judgment. And and then here you see, okay, well, God does raise up a prophet. He raises up Amos and he goes and he's very bold and courageous. I'm sure that wasn't easy, but he goes and he, and he boldly and courageously speaks a word of judgment against Israel. And then Amaziah, the scoundrel comes and says like, look, we don't need that kind of negativity around yeah. here. You go and just like do your thing somewhere else, but don't do that around You're scaring here. The children. You're scaring the children. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, we don't just see like two guys with a broken friendship. We see Amaziah refusing to be, to function in the role in which he has been called and entrusted with mm. to, to, to kind of like light the, the road and, and direct the people of God. Uh, and as a result, the people of God are in a very, very bad situation uh, and judgment is coming. 
And then he stands up against God's true prophet. Um, and so now not only will Israel experience judgment, but Amaziah himself is going to experience a unique and terrible judgment mm-hmm. um, such that he's going to rue the day that he was born. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, I think that it really points out a beautiful, powerful and compelling like attribute of God, which is, you know, he's trying to get through to the people of Israel. He, he, the whole point of all these heavy, heavy warnings is to bring them in repentance. It's to restore right fellowship. And, you know, God doesn't turn to, you know, the, high exalted prophets of the land. He doesn't turn to the royal bloodline, but, and we see this all over the books of prophecy, but it's kind of the nobodies and and Mm -hmm. the randos. Yeah. And, you know, then Jesus comes along and who is the entourage that he brings along and disciples and sends out as fathers of the church. It's, it's fools, Mm -hmm. you know, it's fishermen, it's, it's tax collectors. It's, it's people who are totally uh, not worthy of any respect in a social standing sense, but God does that. You know, Paul uses the that uh, phrase, "We hold this treasure in jars of clay." Yes, like God will use jars of clay, yeah. and you know, I, I think that it so underlines the theme of Amos, which is that Israel has so lost their way; they they've totally neglected and and crushed. Um, the lowly and the poor that God is actually going to use um, a random sojourning lowly kind of herdsman fig farmer to speak on behalf of the righteousness and justice of God. And uh, so we have to like live lives knowing that, you know, not all that glitters is gold and that uh, not all that seems to be of God just because it's shiny and fun, you know, that that's not always how God works, but he, he speaks, uh, sometimes through people and through channels, uh, in a way where only he would receive glory, you know? Mm -hmm. And because, uh, it's people who rather than being, you know, exalted and famous, they're just faithful and, uh, you know, they have nothing to offer except the words of God. And like, that's what, we should aspire to. Yeah. And uh, it also kind of reminds me of like another thing, which is we as a church have like varying ideas of sort of prophecy and all that sort of stuff, not today's conversation um, or just like hearing from God. But I do think like if we just zoom out on the conversation as a whole, we tend to think of like modern day, like if somebody has a, a word from the Lord for you, or like an oppression from God, you know, for you, uh, we tend to assume this like bright, shiny comfort around Mm. it. Mm. Um, And, you know, most prophecy is actually corrective in the scripture. Uh, It's it's actually calling out sin. And so we have to live lives where we are seeking God's voice um, from the Holy Spirit and from our church community in a way where we're not just looking for uh, the the nice meek words of comfort and encouragement, but where we are also looking for words of correction and healing. And that's what will actually spare us uh, the pain that sin will inflict. Yeah. That's a good word. Um, you know, I, I think you're, you're right on to highlight the, the qualities or the, 
the the lack of credentials that Amos brings to the table. And this is the pattern. Like this is the way that God seems to interact with his people is that he uses the weak things of this earth to despise mm-hmm. uh, and shame the strong mm-hmm. or the despise things to shame the strong and, and to demonstrate his strength. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the point is we are insufficient, but he is sufficient. And mm-hmm. so when he uses insufficient things to accomplish his, his purposes, he highlights his sufficiency, right? Well, where does the rubber meet the road with that? Well, it means that God can use us. Mm. Like God can use you and he can use me. Like, Amen. like we're not the the bright shining uh, stars of this world. We're just regular people who are yeah. trying our best to honor God. Yeah. And and so many of us are so beat down by the the weaknesses we bring to the table such that we think that we don't actually have a part to play mm-hmm. in uh, the increase of the gospel or mm-hmm. the advancement of the kingdom of God or the filling of this world with the glory of God. And, you know, at a basic level, what does scripture say? It says that every part is necessary for the church to function yeah. as it ought to. We need yeah. hands, we need feet, we need eyes, we need ears. But it also says that like baked into the DNA of the church is that God is going to use regular everyday people to ensure that his gospel goes to the far ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he did in the beginning of the the church era. Mm-hmm. The gospel started in Jerusalem and it went to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that's what's happening these days mm-hmm. through normal, regular people. Mm-hmm. Um, and God can do that because he's God and mm-hmm. he is strong. And so he likes to use people like us. Mm-hmm. And so um, that doesn't mean we don't prepare. That doesn't mean we don't study. That doesn't mean we don't like, seek to excellently excellently present um, uh, Jesus and all of his splendor to as many people as possible. But it does mean that we can go in the confidence of the Lord as our strength to herald his very good, very strong, very powerful gospel that is mighty to save. Amen. Yeah. You know, I think that that's a great note to close on that the ways that you feel very competent to serve God might actually be the things that stand in your way and the places where you feel totally inadequate and ill-equipped might be the very way that God will see glory through your life, his own glory Mm -hmm. through your life. And, uh, where you, you'll see just a beauty and, uh, yeah, the gospel go forth in ways that you wouldn't have drawn up. So we can rest in that and go forward in that for the amazing, the great, the beloved Jackson Randall, This is Will Carlisle. We will see you tomorrow as we continue through Amos on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.